Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today we are discussing Star Trek Picard, Season 1, Episode 7. It is called Nepenthe. This is the episode that I really, really liked, because you got to see Diana and the guy... I don't... I'm sorry, I'm not good with his name, but I think it's Rick. But anyway, who help Picard. Um, they were people that were on his ship back in the Star Trek that was in the 90s that I kind of grew up with, but I haven't watched the thing since I've been an adult. I just remember I really liked it because it had the guy from Reading Rainbow on it with his cool glasses. It had Data, which how can you go wrong with Data? I mean, especially when you're kind of a high-functioning kid, autistic kid, and Data is kind of a really cool dude. You know, I'm just saying, it's kind of like Spock. But I'm, you know. So anyway, you have Troy and her husband helping Picard. And the thing I liked about it was they live on this beautiful um, planet in this log cabin. But her husband has, um, Troy's husband has all these security things that are like super high tech. And they live in this log cabin. So that's kind of an interesting thing. I also like the fact that um, Troy helped Picard see the point of view of the android and how hard life would be for her. Because she's having to process the fact that she is not a human and that all her memories that she thought she had are not really hers. In addition to the fact that she really doesn't know who to trust at this point. And you know, I really appreciate the character of Troy's, uh, Diana's, Diana Troy's I think her name, um, in this episode. Because she really kind of considers both sides of the argument and says, you know... When you're looking at both sides of this, you got to really sanitize with the android. Because the android might be acting kind of like a weird teenager that's being um, out of control. But the android really doesn't know who to trust. And that explains the android's weird behavior. So I really like that aspect of this episode. Um, I also liked that um, Diana's husband kind of helped Picard... Um, by telling him, I really know what's going on, but I know you can't tell me what's going on, so let me tell you what I think's going on. And that was a hilarious scene. In addition to the fact that he's kind of this um, delightful um, chef dude that cooks pizza. And um, I also really enjoyed the fact that even though um, Diana and her husband had just gotten... Their oldest child had passed away, actually, because they had outlawed since. And because of that, um, that added a bit of difficulty to this episode because of the grief that them and their daughter are enduring because their son is gone. So that was a poignancy in this episode. And I think it was dealt with really well because it showed that, yes, it was really, really hard to lose a child. Um, especially, I mean, it's not good to lose a child at any point. I really don't know how, as a parent, you, you breathe. Um, but I think that in a way, it would be more difficult losing a child, like, at the age of 18, even than it is at, like, the age of one. I know that sounds weird, but you've had more history with that child. And so the loss of them, I think, would be even more insurmountable in many ways because, the past has been so built upon. But this episode kind of deals with that grief and also how, in their own ways, both Diana, her husband, and her daughter, 
while moving forward with their lives, are also still honoring their son and brother along the way. And I really, really enjoyed that aspect of this episode um, because I think it's about honoring those who have gone. And I don't think, you know, it's like in Judaism, they say that um, when someone dies, you need to actually rejoice. And I'm not really there yet. I'm sorry. But, you know, I do understand it because I'm going, you know, in a way, the reason you're feeling sad isn't because they're gone from the planet. Although, in my opinion, I'm going, you know, if someone goes before they're, you know, 120, it's probably not. I mean, think of all the good you can do if you live long. So I think, you know, that's kind of uh end of a chapter that maybe should have continued and think of all the people that you could have helped and the changes you could have done for the better. I'm just saying that's how I've always viewed life. But yeah, so, um, you know, but to move on in strength and also to carry on the memory of their kid while not letting it the grief define them, but rather mold them into better humans that live and do the right thing. And I think that's kind of a cool aspect of this show. So I really can't recommend this series highly enough. Um, you could watch it with pretty much anybody, except there is a part regarding um, Icheb that would definitely, I wouldn't even watch that with a high school, to be honest. Um, no offense, I'm just going, you know, 18 plus, you make up your own decisions at that point, but the Icheb part, I really wish they would have left out of the um, one episode a couple before this. But otherwise, this series would definitely be pretty kid-friendly. There is the issue of the android and her boyfriend slash spy, which even at the end of this series, I am very confused on where in the heck did he go? I mean, you know, you don't really hear me say heck that much in this series, in this podcast, but really, it's like he just vanished, and you're going, okay, what was his motive at the end of the episode that made him turn around? I mean, it, it's just very vague. That's the only part of this that I'm going, maybe they're making a season two and they're going to build upon that because that was extremely confusing. But this series, I'd definitely be able to watch with most kids except for the Ichab part. And again, if you listen to some previous podcasts, you'll find out which one that is. Um, I think it's like two before this. Again, just not for kids on that one so but the rest I really like how it deals with moral issues and you know in my opinion Star Trek really is kind of a morality play but it's done so in a way that it's not extremely didactic which I appreciate as someone who has read a ton of Victorian literature which I admire Victorian literature but it can get really 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 didactic really 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 fast and Star Trek brings up the same issues as you find in Victorian literature but it brings them up in a way that is much less didactic so I think that is kind of why it's been popular through the years is because it does ask questions about what is right? What is wrong? If something isn't human but still has the ability for independent thought, should it still be treated as an individual? And, you know, those are very valid questions, especially in today's day and age which, with AI. Of course, we're not nearly as developed as we think we are, in my opinion. But, you know, um, it does bring up questions. And, you know, it goes into individuals and family life, too. How do you deal with grief? How are you going to move forward with other issues? I think this is why um, Star Trek has been so popular through the years is because they keep asking the same questions and giving similar answers, but in a way that with each generation we can enjoy and also apply to our own lives. And so, you know, that's kind of 
when I think Picard is so cool. But this I would definitely give an episode 10 stars, which, as you know, is a rare thing coming from me. I, I demand a lot from my entertainment. So with that, on and out. And that is my review of Picard, episode 7, Nepenthe. On and out. Bye.